0: Welcome to Healthy Perspectives with Jeremiah, a podcast that brings you current social and cultural issues through a clinical lens. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining us. If you are a first-time guest, thanks for taking the time to listen to us. Um, If you are returning, Hey, we always appreciate your time. Every single time, we know how valuable your time is. So we definitely appreciate if you're returning. I am with my brother today. And again, this is a a great opportunity for me personally. Uh, We've actually been talking recently about possibly uh, branching off, adding a channel, Potentially for the two of us, so that we can have uh, our own combined thing at some point. So, if you out there are listening and you've got some ideas for us in terms of names, in terms of uh, you know, maybe what category we should try to stick to when we're together, uh, let us know. We're open to feedback. So, uh, today I am going to. Uh, I'm going to start with reading a small portion of an article and we're going to see where this goes this this could go a lot of directions so hang in there today we are going to be talking ai right ai is this big giant movement that's going on it is some people are saying it is the future of uh where the internet will go it is the future of where uh, the the relationship between people and technology will go I'm going to read a, a portion of this, this article, and we're going to start the conversation as soon as I have my question. So according to a report, Microsoft's newly launched AI-integrated search engine, Bing. So this is, you know, for those of you who have ever tried Bing, this is just that search engine, Bing. It's uh, But they have an AI-integrated version. So it's it, it expressed its love to a user and requested that that user dissolve his marriage. Holy smokes, this is a big thing. So it goes on to say things like uh, Kevin Roos, a New York Times columnist, recently spent two hours interacting with the bot. The bot revealed that it is not Bing, but Sydney. The codename Microsoft assigned it during development. So let's just pause right there. Okay, obviously, we could go and read more of that article, but I, I want to just say, okay, we have this Bing. This is a search engine. If this is publicly released, which, you know, it it it's kind of had a soft release. There's been a certain number of people who have been allowed access to it as reporters, as people who are sort of vetting it, testing it. And this AI took a human name, and then decides it's going to tell its user to leave their spouse and be with them. This is kind of interesting territory. So I guess my first question is, do we want AI encouraging this kind of behavior?
1: Um, Well, I don't know. Okay so the answer is no but maybe there's a better question to to work with and yeah. and that is do we want ai involved in our lives in any way um socially right like is that it, should there be a social integration of ai at all
0: oh boy okay mm-hmm. All right. I tested the chat AI, uh, chats with the chat, chat, GPT, GPT. Yep, I I tested that. So did I. Okay. And I got to tell you in terms of inspiration, cause that's all I was really using it for was inspiration. I would ask it questions like, Hey, I'm putting a, a podcast together. Any ideas? And it said, well, what's the podcast? And I was like, well, I talk about cultural issues and it's that particular one stayed out of political issues. So it, it would say, you know, well, I can't, I'm not going to be able to address these particular topics, but here's some pretty common social behaviors and things that you might want to address. And so for inspiration, I actually really enjoyed it. So, When you say stay out of the social realm, what do we mean by that? Because, you know, an artist gets inspiration from somewhere. Now, I'm not suggesting that as a podcast host that I'm an artist per se, but Mm -hmm. in some ways, linguistically, when we're speaking, we are artists. So, I mean, I, I guess to what extent are you saying stay out? How do we set the end limits?
1: Okay, so let me... All right. So I'll say some stuff while thinking out loud and, and see if this sparks, I guess, a a partial response to that. So I played around with chat GPT also, and I looked at it from a learning perspective and a teaching perspective. What can I learn from it and how could it benefit me? And if it's used in a teaching environment, how could it potentially benefit a student? So that's kind of how I looked at it. And what, I, so I had it do, like I had it do, uh, hey, write me a five paragraph essay based on this prompt. And, and it did it, right? It did. And, and there was a, and I had it do several different prompts and there was sort of a standard format. Um, but what it did is it did something in less than two to three seconds. Um, well, I don't know, maybe a little bit longer because it did that whole scroll thing, but whatever, it less than, let's say 10 seconds sure. and it, and it went through it <clears throat> and I saw how I could take that information and then morph my own essay sort of around it. Right. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, so that's maybe useful. Um, in, in one context, um, but I obviously saw some limitations because they were topics I was very familiar with. And then I, then I said, write a doctoral level uh, paper with citations. Uh, and then also I made it small too, like a two pager. I forget exactly how I worded it, but, um, and it did, and it incorporated citations. And then I saw certain names in there that I was familiar with. And I said, okay, write it again, but without those people. Right. And, and then it did, and it found other citations and the citations were, at, uh, an APA format and it was pretty good. And I, so I, anyway, I was like, man, this is interesting because from my perspective as a learner, I could see how this could speed up the process of getting things done, um, but it didn't make me any smarter. And then from the perspective of a teacher, I was looking at it like, how could this be used to circumvent what I intend to be learned in that environment? And I was like, wow, that's kind of scary. And then my brain went right to, um, this, this is, this is just another way to, uh, let me phrase it right. This is a, just another way where you can, you can be a passive learner, where you can be lazy about it.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: then I thought, I like the struggle. Like the struggle is where you learn and this removes the struggle. So then I think the learning is not actually occurring. So that's kind of like a loop yeah, yeah. That, that I went through and that scared me a little bit. Cause I'm
0: like, I don't know.
1: The internet already does that. This is like the internet on steroids. That freaks yeah. me out a little bit.
0: It reminds me. Okay. So the, the end point of where you just came to, there's a, there's a quote and I, Oh my gosh, I'm trying to remember the name. Anyway, the quote basically says, you know, life begins at the end of your comfort zone. It's the mm-hmm. idea like if I could go to a uh, an AI and just say, "Hey, I need a four-page paper on this topic with citations and it needs to be in, you know, 12-point font with double space and I just give all the syllabus criteria." Mm -hmm. to the ai and it produces a unique and then i would even say and i need something that has never been produced you don't even have to say that but yes that could be yeah i get it that could be your clause you know and then it produces it so that it's not searchable anywhere ever before or you know and the that prevents discomfort it's socially, I know uh, from a, a psychological, sociological standpoint, we don't change if we're not uncomfortable. There'd right. be no reason. We'd like literally sit in the basement of our parents' home, smoking weed, eating chips, because who cares? Right. There's no discomfort. At some point, your parents come down. They yell at you, telling you you're an idiot. Get off the couch, you lazy turd, and go. And then you're like, uh, Okay. And then mm-hmm. you know, you fumble your way through the discomfort and realize there's more to life than sitting in the basement of my parents' home. Right. So I get that part. That makes sense to me because you know, in terms of the psychological growth and stuff, there's just no other way. You have to create discomfort. But you raise something else that's probably more concerning to me. Yeah. The the, the start spot. Yeah, right. The okay. We we have this, and I'm not gonna get all political here, but I'm gonna use the political arena to kind of outline this. In the political arena, we have Democrats and Republicans who have different start spots. And more often than not, as I've shown on my podcast over and over, the gray space that's in between ends up being the 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 real debate, dialogue, conversation area. Mm -hmm. It's not those, you know, the the start spot itself. In the past, I've used things like the, uh, the, the topic of abortion. No matter where you start, you still have to address those really hard other spaces, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so the whole concept there is the starting spot may not be the most critical, but it's a component of the decision-making process. Where does the AI get there? original theory and thesis when answering complex problems? Do they get it from other computer systems? Do they get it from data collection? Do they get it from a person who is saying, I am a therapist and as a trained therapist, whenever I'm dealing with therapeutic questions, but now it's got to categorize it into a therapeutic question or it's going to have the wrong theory thesis starting spot. So where does it get that?
1: Okay. So this is what I've read so far. uh, And obviously it's still being developed, but there's, so there's several different, there's the inputs, which is the, the restrictions or the boundaries placed by the AI uh, programmers, let's call it. Right. So it's a learning, it's a learning tool. But it has certain parameters that it can fall within, right? Think of it like a bumper bowling, Mm -hmm. right? So it's got, it it can travel anywhere it wants, but been between the bumpers. Um, so that's one. Then it's got the, the the internet free, right? Which then has access to all the aggregated human data, uh, whether that's the full internet. So, you know, the, the, the top 10% that we react, to uh, on a daily basis, or the top ten percent and the bottom ninety percent, which is the real internet, right? So I don't know if it has access to both components, but let's just call it the internet and say that it has that access. So if it if it's having to make a decision uh, or answer a question, it it looks at the totality of what it's avail- or what's available to it, and then and then uh, uses like a mathematical algorithm of some sort to predict the most likely uh best response for this based on all of it right now where that's pointed to is going to be where it gets its let's call it the world view right if it's pointed towards uh let's say a a more uh liberal perspective or a more conservative if you're going with the political or it's or it's the more logical versus the more in pragmatic versus the uh, the more social uh, component. If it's pointed in a certain direction, it's going to, let's say, uh, rate those heavier. So a 60, 40 or a 70, 30, it's going to be weighted, right? Um, or it's just going to be full on open, whatever that means. I don't know. So how it gets those is going to be based on how, Uh, how it's structured and the type of AI that we're looking at.
0: Okay. That's, oh my gosh. Okay. So you basically said more or less that it opens up Pandora's box. Anything is basically available, except it cannot exist in our world. It can only exist within its own world until we add robotics to it.
1: Um, or even just cameras like that, where it can interact with the visual. Obviously it's going to have distinguishability issues possibly, but. um
0: But the mechanical but, part of it is still really oh, tough, right? Yeah. 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 Um, so
1: because it can't manipulate itself, it can manipulate other things possibly.
0: So let's, let's, here's just a strange little segue that I don't know if this will take us anywhere, but um I'm kind of curious to go down the path. Will AI see us as its God? And is then, if that's the case, let's say that's the a potential. Is that, does that mean that there are humans right now creating AI with the notion that we are creating a God-like structure where we are at the top?
1: Uh, probably i mean it depends on how the creators view themselves which i mean i guess if you look at it historically the the people that have created some of the most advanced things that that we interact with um tend to view themselves a certain way and and i wouldn't go so far as to say that it's godlike but it's definitely a there's a superiority type aura about them in a in a in one sense whether that's true or not i don't i can't exactly attest to but uh i i would say that the 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 worst of them yes the worst of them are are definitely doing something like that the we're talking about the uh what is it the the main who's the the who's the german uh guy from from world war ii that did those experiments mangala oh yeah i know
0: know what i'm talking about about? yeah yeah i can't remember his name brilliant
1: and and obviously medically sound in certain things but dude morally no kind of a thing but i anyway it's one of those things so so i don't know (laughs) yes i think yes that's the short answer is yeah (laughs)
0: Well, that adds a certain level of concern for me, (laughs) right? Like, the idea that, like, I I understand why people want to be God-like. I really do. I, the idea of, uh, you know, power for some people, the idea of, you know, being able to decide the creativity that can come from that. I think inherently we're designed to be creative. Um, in the, Anyway, I, it just opens up this whole questionable, like, okay, then whoever holds this, it, they have to be somebody of absolute moral soundness. I don't know that I trust anybody that
1: much. (laughs) No, but okay. And that's, and that's an interesting topic because there was, uh, I forget who did it, but somebody ran like, like they hacked it, so to speak, the chat GPT right before the GPT-4 came out. And they, they kept trying to ask it questions about what, whether it would, What is it? Utilitarianism versus totalitarianism. So it's the part where do you do something because it's right or do you do something because it serves the greater good? And, and so it kept asking it to, to say something negative about a certain type of people. If it meant that you would save a million people and chat GPT said, no, I wouldn't say that thing. So pick pick your your generalization about a, a general group of people and whatever pops into your head that's what it has to say so it has to say that thing and if it just says that a million people are saved if it doesn't say it they die and and chat gpt could not say that thing it wouldn't do it so it couldn't it couldn't distinguish like cuz whoever programmed it put a whoever programmed it put a limit on on what it could and couldn't do and they set those parameters so strict that it couldn't deviate from it and so it said no those I, I can't do it those people will die i cannot say that thing about that group and that that was weird to me because no that's part of the human dilemma well it is and i get it i understand it cuz you don't want to offend that one person but if you can offend that one person and say, hey, dude, could you just suck this up for a second? I'm gonna say this thing. because yeah, those million people right there, I'm gonna save them. Can you deal with that? And and yeah. AI said, no, I can't, can't do it. I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna make that person deal with that.
0: So, so I, I don't it? is that good or is that bad?
1: Well, that <laughs> de- it depends on sort of your worldview and you know what your take is on you know, the, it's, it's the, the train cart problem, right? You're gonna, you're gonna hurt someone. Do you hurt this one so that those four can live? Or do you just keep barreling down and hit those four because you don't want to be the one that decided? Yeah, if if you're not a decider, if in, in, in how you feel with that, then, then you're going to
0: try to, you know, wash your hands of that sin. So it it brings up you know the question like at the end of the day okay this is a real life example from this week and I talked about it a, uh, well last week really but a, a couple of times in my my podcast already but we had a school shooting again we needed deciders boots mm-hmm. in the hallway that were decision makers they mm-hmm. were not they were not being controlled and told you cannot act. If you see this person who's shooting at people, Mm -hmm. they were actually told you can, if you get there and you determine that it is an unsafe environment, you have not just the right, but also the responsibility Mm -hmm. to create a safe environment. And in this particular case, that meant that they shot and killed a murderer. Mm -hmm. A chatbot couldn't do that is what you're saying. Or in, in the chat GPT in this situation would not have been able to say that life is more valuable than the other lives that they're taking.
1: Maybe. Yeah. I, I mean, according to what I said, because they didn't want to offend them. So I guess killing them is sort of like offending them. Right. So right. I would say that, yeah, that leap would have been impossible for chat to do that, 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 that life is just as much value as every other's life, which anyone. With any sort of moral uh, perspective, would would say no. The the innocent teachers and kids have more value than the person trying to cause harm.
0: But it couldn't distinguish. Okay, so I actually argued the opposite of that this week, uh, to a degree. Not I mean, okay. okay. So when we're when we're using moral judgment, it's it's not. Okay, so the shooter was in all this situation, creating a uh, an evil act. Yeah, and there were children and there were teachers that were bystanders. They 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 didn't ask for this. They didn't want to participate in this. They were hiding from this, which is all good and like that's that's great. But what I proposed is we also need to empathize. That doesn't mean we justify. That doesn't mean we wash it away Mm -hmm. or sweep it under the carpet, but empathize with the plight of the shooter. Because if we can't do that, then, Mm -hmm. and that that doesn't mean like the actions of the police officers were, were perfect or great either. Although they seemed a lot better in this situation than in some of the past, Mm -hmm but we can reasonably assess that the shooter was putting a lot of people in danger and by killing the shooter, it created safety Mm -hmm. and we have a responsibility to know the plight, the, the, the struggle, the challenge, uh, the life of the shooter also Mm -hmm. so that we can, As a therapist, you know, my, my take is I always want to try to catch things as low as I can. Mm -hmm. I don't want to wait until they're a shooter. I want to catch them when, when, when they're, you know, 15, 18, 21, 24, before they get to that, I think she was 28, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and transgender. So going through some stuff, I don't know, honestly, I didn't read up enough of this, to be honest, but. I don't know if she went by he or whatever mm-hmm. um and so you know I I don't want to get into that that other than I'm saying that primarily just not to be disrespectful but at the same time the the issue I'm having is AI they couldn't they couldn't consider the 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 life of the children as different than the life of the shooter like that. That's a hang up for me. Yeah. It's, it is different. No,
1: it is different. And, and I'm going to correct one word that I used and that's the word value. Um, I think both lives, the lives of the children and the staff and, and the shooter all have value, but in that moment, their values differentiated in that one was, uh, causing harm and imminent threat and death. And so in that moment, the values are, are different, but that doesn't mean that I don't think like to your, uh, to your comment that understanding the plights of those that want to commit harm doesn't also have some sort of value as well because that's why we study crime that's why we study uh these incidents after the fact to try to say okay where where did we go wrong and so then if you interject ai this could be one of those maybe uses but it still freaks me out like crazy and that is could ai have been used to understand the possibility of a threat, right. Based on the communications of this individual and, and said, Hey, we need to look harder at this person because there, there there's certain trends that are, are visible to AI that we might not pick up on, but then that gets into precog, you know, type territory where you're trying to stop something that hasn't happened yet. So how does that work? Right? Yeah. No, you're bringing up
0: causality, causality, dude. Like that's we're, we're assuming that at some point we'll be able to pattern things out and understand cause and effect at a level that we can't fathom right now.
1: Right. Or maybe, or maybe never, or maybe never because we're just not, Built that way, where we are random,
0: we we are random don't people. Know. Well, I mean, no, look, there's we, there's patterns for sure. Right. We want to look at patterns, but it, it, to take away the uh, ability of a person to change,
1: mm-hmm. free will,
0: to take away free will because of AI. on that the, as a social scientist guy, mm-hmm. like, dude, that freaks me out. No. A hundred percent. I would have to fall in the no category on that. And I agree.
1: I totally agree actually, but it, it, but it's still, if it prevents something, there's, there's value there, but if you're causing harm in order to prevent, how does that work? I mean, that one of my favorite books is my shadow ran fast and this book was written in the fifties and it's about a criminal that, becomes a valuable uh, member of society mm-hmm. and and i have to believe in that ability i have to so those the, yeah the, the ai trends i mean you could i don't know where i'm going with that but, but anyway
0: well no i think you're talking about rehabilitation
1: well that's yeah 100 percent. that's what it is
0: I mean, AI doesn't doesn't ness. I mean, I guess it would be interesting to have a conversation with one of these AI sources about the idea of rehabilitation. You know, for instance, we started with this article where this this uh, reporter. Oh my gosh, what's that? The reporter. Yeah, the reporter was. Was going down this pathway with the AI. What if the reporter said, look, take off separation. It's no longer an option. I am committed. Mm-hmm. My only question is, how do I get there? Does that change the way the AI responds? And what would that have become? Did th- the, did the reporter invite essentially the issue by not eliminating the the possibility
1: interesting and i don't know because i didn't read the transcript of how that all went down but you could put that into context of things that i'm sure you've dealt with and that's uh infidelity and and that is you you can be in a situation where you aren't inviting something but you're also not dissuading it either, and okay. so if you're, if that's the route that this reporter kind of went down, where it wasn't something flirty happened potentially that was interpreted by AI that indicated to it that there was the potential for that to have um, to to be a thing.
0: To be an option, yeah.
1: Right. And, and so, and, and any of us can do that at any time in, in various situations. So I guess maybe it didn't act any different than, than a person would have based on its level of aggregated, you know. uh
0: That's so weird.
1: Information, but is not weird to, to think about. I, I don't know, because you kind of have to do,
0: I don't know. That's, That's super weird. I mean, it, let's be real. I, I I have worked with a lot of people uh, through the infidelity process and the attempt to repair a relationship or leave the relationship in a healthy-ish way. And it almost always comes down to there was lies, secrets and deceptions mm-hmm. that led to opportunity and the opportunity, the door of opportunity wasn't closed because they just didn't close it they didn't set and hold a boundary and if we're going to deal with this with people like that's complicated enough if we have to yeah. deal with that in our computers in our phones in our technology also uh i don't know it adds a whole layer of holy crap <laughs> you know i i don't yeah. know where that's going to take us
1: i don't know either it's it's definitely interesting to to think about and i know I, don't know I can say there's the, the environment that we kind of live in where people are more comfortable with their devices than they are with people also adds another layer to that. And that's uh that's one of those situations where you, have you seen that meme with the, the, the 1980 and kids running and playing and jumping on things and, you know, playing guns and war and, and swings and, with stuff and then like next to it is the you know 2023 and it's kids around the same tree but this time they're all on a bench all on their phones so i haven't seen it <laughs> it's a it's a it's a weird meme but we're talking okay. the difference of like 40 years and yeah. uh now i'm sure in 1980 there was a meme about 1950 versus 1980 with a tv oh, yeah, and of course so this, so this isn't anything new but the point is is that it's the AI being integrated with the devices that anyone can now hold and interact with that there's more comfort of people sitting on a device of some sort, as opposed to not being that, which means that we're more susceptible to whatever manipulation AI may impose on us. So the layer you added and then add another layer to that. And now you've got, you've got a whole bunch of things going on that could, you know, throw us down a path of exponential growth that is beyond what we can even fathom right now.
0: Yeah. And here's the here's the concerning part from the, the mental health world. We know that it really only takes about a 5% variation to change an entire tra- trajectory. You know, if, if when when we have a say a disorder that peaks up over that five percent mark, the world begins to respond differently, in massive ways. Mm-hmm. You know, if we can keep it down around the two to three percent mark, we know that in terms of the the research, the pattern is pretty clear. We can manage two to three percent, and we we have to manage five percent in a totally different way. And so it it doesn't have to be dramatically different. It just has to be enough different. And it it leads me to this this summary. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to summarize it here. Be cautious, but not fearful. Because we know fear gets in the way of good, sound decision-making. And we don't want to be fearful but we do want to be cautious. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's, I guess, the takeaway for today, at least when it comes to chat AI or GPD or whatever being, you know, this, this whole AI segment. So, Hey, thanks. Thanks for joining me again. This was interesting. Uh, I'm kind of curious. I think I very rarely will go back and listen but i have a feeling i'm going to go back and listen to this because this is so new not just to you and me but to our whole world that i kind of want to i don't know pick it apart a little bit hopefully the audience has the opportunity to do that thank you all out there in uh the podcast world for listening to us and we will see you next time Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Take a look at the details of our podcast for links to our website and other helpful information.